Hi, I'm Jayant Sriram and welcome to In Focus, the Hindu's analysis podcast. Thanks for joining us. Our episode today is an explainer on the student protests in Thailand that have been going on for several weeks now. Last week, Thailand's government, led by the army chief turned prime minister Prayut Chan Ocha, declared a state of emergency, banning public gatherings and censoring the media to tackle these protests that had been growing in intensity. The protesters though dismissed this emergency decree as yet another attempt by the government to take away their rights. and they vowed to continue the agitation recently the government seems to have relented and just a day ago lifted the emergency saying that it wants to hear the concerns and demands that the students have this may be a small victory for the students but there's still a long way to go to discuss the details i'm joined today by the hindus international affairs editor stanley johnny Stanley welcome again to the podcast thank you once again for joining us today yeah thanks jayam right so um there's been a there's been something of an update uh, in the news about the, the the protests in thailand is that the the official line at least is that the government seems to have softened their stance a little bit uh, but before we get to that i think uh, just some context is always um what triggered uh, this 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 these protests by students and um, you know in some ways i think we to address that we'll have to go back to the story of uh, the 2014 coup in thailand so let's just kind of get into some of those details yeah uh, uh, that, that that's actually correct uh, jayant because you know the roots of the current crisis in thailand actually go back to the 2014 coup uh, because it was the coup that brought the current prime minister prayut ocha uh, the, he, so it brought Prayut was the military general brought him to power so from 2014 to 2020 2020 when now the protests are you know uh, full scale protests are happening in bangkok and other in other places of thailand so there were interestingly there were four developments you know uh, that we have to look into to understand the current crisis one is of course the coup because the coup brought the generals to power and thailand is a country thailand which is no stranger to coups you know uh, so the, right. the thai monarchy lost its absolute power in 1932 in the siamese revolution and since 1932 there were more than a dozen coup including failed coups uh, coup attempts in thailand uh, so this was the latest 2014 was the latest which brought prayut and his core generals to power and then in 2016 you see the new king uh ascended thr- throne in 2016 after the death of his uh, his father the uh, you know the revered king uh, bhumibol adulyadej who was in power who was uh, who was on the throne for more than 70 years at that time he was the longest reigning monarch uh, when he died in 20- 2016 and in 2016 right. the new king came to power and in 2017 the janta introduced the new constitution so the new king kind of uh, you know the the king uh, blessed the generals and the generals also blessed the king so it was kind of a you know uh, give and take approach both the monarchy and the military rulers had taken 
And in the new constitution, the military awarded itself more powers to appoint a new Senate, 250 member Senate, which would play a key role in selecting the prime minister. And then king also, the new king also, uh, the king brought two regiments of the military under his direct control. And the Crown Property Bureau, which manages some uh, $30 billion worth assets of the, of the uh, palace. And the, 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 the bureau came under the direct control of the king. So basically, the new constitution uh, awarded more powers and privileges to the military and the monarchy. And in 2019, you had the election. So these four developments, I think, uh, are very important. Uh, the coup, the, the new constitution, the new monarch, and the election. When, the, when they held the elections last year, you know, the narrative was that the elections were, you know, this was the time to uh, uh, transfer power from the generals to an elected government. So it was, it was sold to the public as an exercise to end the the military rule but in effect what happened is that in the elections uh, prayut emerged victorious and prayut retained power uh, of course with the help with the blessings of the monarchy uh, and the the opposition uh, uh, blamed the government the opposition said there were massive vote frauds vote fraud was there you know vote buying was there so they questioned the legitimacy of the whole process so in practice what they had was the military generals general who came to power through a coup retained his uh, uh, his power and he continued to remain the prime minister even after the elections which called into question the whole legitimacy of the electoral process so the the public right. you know resentment was building on and the immediate trigger and also during this period you know after the 2014 coup several uh, of the critics of the regime the military regime they fled the country and they were living in the neighboring uh, countries in Southeast Asia. And there were uh, repeated instances of uh, these critics, these dissenters uh, going missing, you know, without leaving any trace, uh, leading uh, questions on the way uh, the government is operating the go in, in, in other countries vis-a-vis uh, -vis the critics. So that is one thing. And the immediate trigger was that earlier this year, the uh, the Future Forward Party, which is a pro-democracy party, critical of the agenda, uh, which came, uh, which emerged the third largest party in the 2019 election, the party was uh, banned by the top court in February. So uh, again, this this was this was a major trigger, and uh, it led to protests, street protests, uh, uh, immediate street protests. But then the protests subsided in the wake of the pandemic, uh, the COVID outbreak, and then. You know what triggered protests again? The protests, the protesters were back on street again in June after another dissident activist went missing in Cambodia. So the protesters started questioning the agenda, the generals, and also uh, the government had also introduced some uh, new, uh, you know, uh, decrees asking the students uh, to sing songs, you know, uh, extolling Thai values. So basically, they were trying to instill order, and you know, into the students. So the students were revolting against the the policies of the government, against what they say, the erosion of their democratic rights, uh, and the consolidation of power by the generals, and you know, uh, the harassments and humiliation of the opposition, uh, and more and more powers to the military. So all these issues were building up. The public anger was also building up, and 
the trigger, you know, the trigger was the ban of this Democratic Party and then uh, the disappearance of the dissidents. So from June, there have been sustained protests on the street. And it picked up momentum recently because what happened since August was that, uh, uh, you know, usually in Thailand, Thailand, there were protests in the past. There were protests and brutal crackdowns in the past. But usually the right. monarchy is spared from criticism because there are strong uh, laws are there which would land you in jail for up to 15 years if you criticize the monarchy publicly. So it is one of those countries where ancient laws were there protecting the institution of the monarchy. And the king, usually the king is a revered figure, you know, the king enjoys a godlike status uh, in the country. Uh, but starting August, the protesters started questioning the monarchy itself, the uh, the privileges the king enjoyed. Even at a time when the country was locked down, uh, you know, uh, the economy was in a shambles, people were suffering from the impacts of the COVID outbreak. And the new king, uh, he mostly he is living in southern Germany. Uh, and then uh, earlier, according to the earlier constitution, the king had to appoint a regent at home when he, whenever he leaves the country. But the new constitution uh, did away with that clause. So which means the king, wherever he is, uh, would continue to manage the palace uh, or the royal affairs. So, uh, so, yeah, so starting January, they started questioning the monarchy's privileges as well. And now it is kind of a, it is, it is a major movement uh, led by students and other uh, youth questioning both the prime minister. They are asking the prime minister to quit and they want reform to the institution of the monarchy. Right. So, as you said, um, the, the, the issue was brought to a head uh, some days back when the protests became so intense that the government in Thailand declared an emergency. And, um, you know, that didn't deter the protesters at all. And more recently, I think, since we have to cover a kind of recent news development, um, they've, uh, that stance, I think, they've relented on. So, so what happened there? Yeah, um, so uh, I think, uh, yeah, when the Prime Minister declared emergency on October 15th, interestingly, the emergency, uh, you know, was declared a day after one royal motorcade was stopped uh, by the protesters and they gave this three-finger salute, which has become kind of a, you know, a, a symbol of resistance, which they borrowed from the Hunger Games uh, trilogy. Uh, so, uh, the protesters gave this uh, three-finger salute to a royal motorcade, which was carrying the queen. Uh, and then, immediately after that, one day after the prime minister declared emergency banning public gathering. So, the emergency actually banned the uh, gathering of more than five people. And they also, uh, you know, censored media. Uh, and the government uh, granted itself, you know, uh, powers to uh, declare some parts of the country uh, where, uh, you know, protests could be completely banned. Uh, so uh, the emergency was declared on 15. But I think the prime minister hoped that the emergency would kind of, it would uh, allow the government, it would grant more powers to the government on the one side. And maybe they hoped that it would scare away the protesters. But actually the contrary, it is the contrary that happened. Because the students said that they are not going to disperse themselves. They are not going to end the protests whether there, are, there is an emergency or not. The student leaders termed the emergency yet another move by the government to take away their democratic rights. And they called for more protests. And students and the youngsters from across the country poured into Thailand, especially to Bangkok, and they continued the protests. 
so which I think the government has realized that it has gone out of unless they are going to use uh, brutal powers, brutal force against the protesters, which they had done in the past. Uh, but unless they want to do that, there is no other way. They have to relent. So I think the prime minister has realized that it's risky to use power. Uh, and also, uh, given the fact that the protesters are uh, targeting the military, which is also, you know, uh, uh, which is also upsetting the monarchy. So, uh, as as a compromise, I think the government yesterday the government announced that uh, it is lifting the emergency, and the prime minister has appealed to the protesters to come. But the protesters say they have a set of demands. You know, they want the prime minister to step down because uh, they don't accept the legitimacy of his election. Uh, first, he, he came to power through the coup, and then the election was also called into question. And secondly, they have other demands as well. They want a new constitution because the constitution, the current constitution, which was written by the agenda, uh, giving itself, giving the military more powers and privileges, the protesters do not accept that. And they want a fresh round of elections, free and fair elections. Uh, and over and above this, they want reforms to the monarchy as well. So uh, what we can see now is that, yeah, it's true that the government has taken a step back and the government has asked the people, asked the protesters to calm down. But what the protesters do not calm down, what if they press ahead with their demands? That would lead to either a shutdown or the government will have a showdown or the government will have to make more compromises. Right. Um, so you did mention that um, among the demands that the students have, and this is unprecedented, is that they are calling for reforms to the monarchy. Yeah. And as you mentioned, even criticizing the monarchy, you know, you, uh, is is a pretty serious thing uh, in Thailand. Yeah. So is it is it the, is it their case that um, the the new the new king, uh, the one who ascended to the throne in 2016, yeah. is basically working hand in glove with the army and pushing Thailand toward becoming this authoritarian monarchy? Yeah, that's true. So. Basically, in the past, the king, the the the, uh, the monarchs had uh, blessed military generals. You know, whenever there was a coup, uh, because it is kind of uh, both sides enjoyed from this uh, uh, from the military uh, powers because the generals usually uh, they respected or they publicly they respected the authority uh, of the institution of 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 a monarchy. And uh, so they got legitimacy uh, from the monarchy. And the king on the other side, uh, the, 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 uh, the, the monarchy was allowed to, to you know, uh, maintain its privileges. So it is, it is, it is a give and take relationship between, between the Thai army and, and, and the monarchy. So the same thing happened now with, even now, because in 2016, uh, Kong, the current King, he ascended the throne in 2016 after the death of his his father, uh, Bhumi Bola uh, So what happened after that? You, if you, I mean, as we discussed earlier, the king uh, has got the Crown Property Bureau. The king is mostly living in southern Germany, and still the king manages to ascertain uh, his control, his uh, man, continue to manage the royal affairs in the country. And the king has got two military regiments under his direct control. And the Crown Property Bureau, you know, it manages uh, assets worth 30 billion US dollars. Uh, so basically, uh, so what happened is that on the one side, the generals consolidated more powers. And on the other side, uh, Vajira Long Kong, uh, the new king, has expanded the boundaries of, you know, uh, the monarchy, the, the, the powers of the monarchy. 
So that's what has happened now. But the protesters now say, uh, you know, uh, they are not asking for an asking for abolishing the monarchy. On the contrary, they they say they want reforms to the monarchy. What they basically want is that uh, uh, they want the share of the palace in the national budget to be cut because they say the whole country is suffering because of the economic impact of uh, uh, of, of of the pandemic. Uh, so that is one thing. And they want uh, uh, the Crown Property Bureau to be taken out. So these were the demands. They say that they they, they are uh, they, they are not calling for abolishing monarchy. They are they are okay to live with monarchy, but they want monarchy's privileges and powers to be cut. So that is the uh, uh, that is one of the key demands of the protesters. Right. So this is a situation where the I mean there is a kind of reverence for the monarchy in Thailand that's been there over several years. So that still exists in some sense, but they just want sensible. They're just calling for sensible reform. Yeah, that's that's what is happening. Yeah, they say that uh, uh, the the main protest leader, who is a human rights lawyer, uh, who in uh, in August uh, this year he read out a, a chart uh, at a protest meeting, so in which he specifically laid out that he is not calling for abolishing monarchy, like what happened in other countries. They are they are not republicans as such, uh, but they say they are democrats. And uh, uh, they are okay with, uh, you know, a ceremonial uh, uh, king, uh, a ceremonial monarchy uh, continuing uh, in Thailand. But they say their key demand is democratic reforms. Right. So one thing, uh, Sandy, that you mentioned uh, earlier, uh, sort of in passing, was uh, a salute that they'd adopted from uh, the Hunger Games uh, movie franchise, yeah. if you like. Uh, and the other, the one, one of the things that uh, you've written about that I've also read is that uh, uh, the, the protesters were mostly young students, of course, are using a lot of pop culture in the way that they are uh, conducting these protests. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, it's it's, it's very interesting. Uh, you know, <clears throat> while reading about the Thai protests, actually, uh, the most interesting fact that struck me was uh, the way they were using symbols. They borrowed symbols from uh, Hunger Games, Harry Potter, and some. Uh, Japanese animation characters, uh, and and they're using these symbols to mobilize people because this, yeah, uh, we are talking about 18-year-old, 16-year-old, 18-year-old students from uh, colleges or schools, uh, and uh, you know that uh, Hunger Games and Harry Potter, etc. I mean, uh, it is uh, it, it's so influencing among this young population, right? Uh, so they they were using, which means it is the it is the most effective way for them to connect with their fellow uh, citizens of you know those who belong to the same category, same age group, because everybody understands uh, in Harry Potter the message is that uh, the wizard they said because they they uh, dressed themselves up in the wizard costumes and holding chopsticks as vans, they hit the street. And then instead of giving slogans, which is the traditional, you know, you expect from a traditional demonstration, instead of giving slogans, they were, uh, you know, giving this mock spells against the genre. Uh, and so it, it's very interesting. It's very innovative as well. Uh, and some of the, uh, you know, the, the language they use, they say that, you know, uh, muggles and wizards should come together. You know, this is the time for unity. And you should come together against the Dark Lord. The Dark Lord is the Prime Minister, of course. That is a reference. You know? Right. Yeah. So the Prime Minister is uh, the new Voldemort. 
and they say that the, the death eaters are coming to attack us. You know, the death eaters are <laughs> taking away our democratic rights. So we should, right. uh, yeah, we should, the, the muggles and the wizards should come together. And again, from, uh, uh, yeah, Hunger Games, if you, you know, Hunger Games, this three-finger salute is, uh, you know, it, it symbolizes resistance, defiance, and solidarity. So it's coming from one of these dissident districts uh, in the Hunger Games universe. So the resistance is against the dystopian dictatorship of President Snow. Uh, you know. Right. Uh, so here again, uh, the Prime Minister is the President Snow. Uh, President Snow is he is uh, you know uh, with a, I mean if you have seen the movie, his well configured uh, and then he is uh, a neat, soft-spoken but a cruel dictator. Uh, so the, here, uh, President Snow is the Prime Minister. And the three finger salute is, you know, it symbolizes the resistance against the military dictatorship and solidarity with all those who resist the dictatorship. So this is how they use pop culture to mobilize support. And it's very interesting and it's very effective as well. Uh, you can see that because uh, uh, they have sustained the protest since June on the streets, uh, which is a remarkable achievement for uh, uh, these young protesters, I think. Right. And of course, um, the sort of immediate point of comparison is with is with what's happened in, in Hong Kong recently. Uh, do you see any uh, major parallels? Uh, not really, I think. Uh, yeah, Hong Kong protests were also interesting. But the I mean, the context is, in a sense, in Hong Kong, Hong Kong is part, it's a special you know, administrative region of China. So there were two systems, basically. So the Chinese government you know, uh, the, the Hong Kong, the, the complaint was that their freedoms are being taken away by the Chinese government. But the Chinese government's uh, narrative is that it would continue to this two systems, one country, two systems policy. Uh, but but Hong Kong is essentially part of China. Uh, and then you have this uh, foreign countries like the United States, the UK. Hong Kong was a former UK colony, right? All these countries making comments, and then the, the and then Beijing say that they were also interfering in the protest in Hong Kong. So I think in Hong Kong the situation is a little more complicated. Of course, there is a right. genuine case, there is a genuine case uh, with the protesters, but the situation is a little more complicated. But in uh, in in Thailand, it is yeah, it is a straight out case in a sense. It is yeah, it is between the Thai students and their rulers. And, uh, and Thailand, unlike China, China, and at least since the 1949, China has been ruled by the communists. It's a communist dictatorship. So in, uh, on the other side, in, in Thailand, it is off and on. You, you have democracy, you have military generals, you have coups, you know, uh, lots of coups, and, and the monarchy. So it's this, the contradiction in, in Thailand, I think, is much more sharp. The contradiction between the pro-democracy forces and the generals. Right. Okay, that's interesting. And um, just uh, Stanley, to end, um, how do you see this issue progressing? I we did read some reports of uh, you know students tear gas etc. being fired on students uh, last week. I think it was. Uh, I, has is that has that abated right now? Is there a sort of more peaceful way to go go about this going forward? Now I think it has ended a stalemate. The government, yeah, government has of course taken a step backward, uh, seeing the uh, seeing the protests. So that's what, uh, you know, uh, uh, when they lifted emergency, I think they realized that it is it is not possible to crack down on the protests. 
unless they go for a complete you know uh, violent uh, tactics uh, on the other side what uh, we have to see is that the, the students you know they are now more emphatic because they have forced the prime minister to cancel the emergency so which means which is an encouragement for them to press ahead with their more demands but more demands are not that easy lifting the emergency is okay because he imposed the emergency last week he lifted it this week but uh, resignation is not that easy uh, you know which means his his career uh, his uh, everything will be is on the line so uh, it is the, the tension i think is continuing and it is a stalemate so the question is whether protesters would be able to maintain the street pressure going forward on the government peacefully so that is the question if they manage to do that they could extract more compromises from from the government at least a new election you never know because the government will have to compromise uh, or if the prime minister you know in the 1970s they the, the thai leadership they massacred hundreds of students in a, in in the main university in bangkok uh, you know uh, so uh, they had used the brute force earlier the question is whether uh, the prime minister would do that again uh, but i think this time the stakes are high because the monarchy has also been dragged into it the king beyond the point the king will have to look after his interest as well so chances for a compromise are higher i think so we have to wait and see right we'll wait and keep a watch on this uh, stanley uh, as always thank you for joining us and giving us this perspective uh, thank you for joining us on in focus today thank you thank you sir in focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues in the meantime you can find our podcast on spotify apple podcasts stitcher and other platforms just search for in focus by the hindu we'll see you soon